This time on the Rule Right Radio podcast with New York Mike. So we're watching it. We're seeing it in real time right now. How in the world can we be sitting back watching Biden negotiate by saying, I'm going to stop Nord Stream 2? Stop Nord Stream 2! You can't just sit back. Where's the Republicans? I know elections have consequences. All these things are going on. But at the same time, you're watching this man tell the world, if you invade, we're going to cut off the pipeline. What? How can you watch it and not question? Why do you see his people on all the news media say, yeah, we're tough. Did you hear what he said? No, watch what he does. They did the same thing when Trump was negotiated with Putin. Oh, he's Putin's guy. How is he Putin's guy? Everything he did hurt Russia. And he stopped the pipeline. That's the biggest bargaining chip on the table. It was and it is. You got to watch what people do. Not what they say because they're lying. They're just lying. You want to see if they're lying? Just watch their lips move. Trousers and motorcycle boots And a black leather jacket with his name on the back He does a patriotic podcast called Roll Right Radio His name is New York Mike And welcome to the show This is Roll Right Radio on New York Mike Roll Right Radio, New York Mike How you doing guys? Hey, it's been a layback week for me Yeah, I got a birthday coming up Got a little vacation time going on here, and uh, we're out of town. A lot's going on in the world. We're going to get right to it, but uh, just wanted to say hello. I've been kicking back. Thanks for bearing with us. Roll Right Radio is here. We're on. I know I've slacked a little bit, but I haven't slacked in my outrage <laughs> and everything else. By the way, still getting ready for bike week. I still plan on leaving for Daytona. There's going to be a fundraiser. For Al Schultz, man, Zipper Al. Al Schultz, one of the great guys in the West. You know, badass son of a bitch. Harley Davidson, parts guy in San Diego for everything. That man was the best parts human being ever. He knew everything about Harley parts there was to know. I am sure of it. And he's just a great mentor. And so many people learn so much. And I always knew one thing about Al Schultz. He was. He can get pissed off, man. And sometimes he got pissed off at me. And I know he did. But he always had my back. Always. Man, if there was anybody I ever knew that was always going to be there for you, he could be pissed off. He could be calling, looking at me with that look of, are you an idiot? What's the matter with you, Mike? Are you serious? He just looked at you like that. You knew it. But Al, man, we retired a few years back. Went to Arizona, he had a little bit of health problems, and he, he's had a heart attack. I, I guess it's a stroke. And he's trying to come back, and he needs all the help he can get. So Hollywood George at San Diego Harley-Davidson is putting together something, and he told me the date is Saturday, February 26th. 
So I was going to leave a day or so before that, start riding down because I want to stop. I want to make New Orleans. I like to get to Mardi Gras. Whenever Mardi Gras falls right in there with Bike Week, there's two things I like to make when I'm on the road to Daytona. One is Mardi Gras, again, when it falls in, which this year it does it. Fat Tuesday is March 1st. The other one is being in San Antonio and getting to the Alamo on March 6th. Because March 6, 1836, that's the day the Alamo fell. And I always remember the Alamo. So this is that trip, but Al's more important. So I might be a little bit late unless the weather's real good and I can hustle up down the road. So if you're around, if you're in earshot of this, if you didn't know, get in touch with George over at San Diego Harley. He's got all the information. George, another really good guy. And yeah, another one who learned at the knee of Al Schultz, man. And he's still very appreciative of all that time he spent with a great mentor. Check it out. And I hope I see you there. Al needs all the help we can get to him. So anyway, yeah, I'm going to be on the road. And I love to talk about motorcycles. I'd love to talk so much about the new Harley lineup. I love it. It's fantastic. I've been saying for years. I remember talking to Harley Corporate. All they were talking about was the live wire. This new electric bike, which, by the way, was a fabulous machine, and the Bronx Street Fighter, and then the Pan Am. That's all they talked about. They didn't have it. It wasn't there. They had the EV, but, you know, the EV had some problems. The, the problems weren't the bike. The most incredible bike, I think I could say, I've ever ridden. Amazing, incredible, fantastic ride for about 100 miles. Then you got to charge it for eight hours. Well, I see what they're doing, getting it out there and getting it on the road. There are people that can live under those kind of conditions. They commute to work 30, 40 miles or less or whatever, bring it home, plug it in. Next day, it's fine. That's their ride experience. Forget about all those trips down to South America with whoever and all that. You want to hire some trucks to follow you with batteries and stuff like that? You want to spend, I don't know what they spend on doing it. Fine, have a good time. But for normal people like us, we can't do that. Great bike. As far as the Bronx Street Fighter, it was a good idea that never happened. And the same thing, the, the Pan Am, fabulous idea that happened. And it's awesome. It's great. But did you have to talk about it for two years? And I would call them up and say, why are you putting your advertising on these bikes you don't have? I've got the best Harley Davidson, matter of fact, the best motorcycle models anywhere in the world, state of the art. Hey, people want to argue, oh, Honda makes a better bike. Oh, BMW's fat. Bull-only. They're as good, maybe. Yeah, okay. But they're also not American. And don't give me this stuff about American this and that and everything else. Harley-Davidson's are made in America. York, PA, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Sometimes they're assembled in different places around the world. And for good damn reason, they've been assembled in Brazil for like 40 years. You can send a bike to Brazil. But if you build it and put it all together and send it to Brazil, you then have to take it apart and put it together in Brazil to sell it in Brazil. So you send it unassembled and you assemble it there. That doesn't mean it's made there. So whether it's there or Taiwan, wherever in the world, it's the same thing. Those bikes are made in America. Where are the parts coming from? Well, you can't make all those. Well, you know, I'm tired of defending this. Point is, we have and have had for years now, some of the best motorcycles on the planet. And Harley-Davidson was just all they talked about. Well, bikes, 
that they didn't have. So finally, the Livewire is a separate company. Thank you, and I think it's great. And hopefully that company will evolve to be a great motorcycle. You know, like the Tesla and the Ford Mustang and all these electric cars that are made in America. That's fantastic. And I hope the Livewire gets there. In the meantime, they did come out with the Pan American, and it is awesome. And they're using that machine and other bikes. Like, you know, that 1250 is, like, phenomenal. So that's great. And they came out with the new lineup, and I said I wasn't going to spend a lot of time talking about it, even though I wanted to, but here I am talking about it. That's okay. I'm a flawed human being. What can I tell you? But I'm excited about those things. I'm excited about the new Rogue Glide, the Street Glide, and especially, especially that Lowrider, man. The Lowrider, the ST. I mean, these are amazing bikes. So, especially that Lowrider. Well, we're going to talk about some future cast, maybe when I'm on the road. But you know, there's so many things we've got to prioritize here. We could talk about things like what's going on with COVID, and they were important. But we're on the edge of World War III. We don't want to go over that edge. We really don't. The problem is we don't have the leadership. And I don't just mean Trader Joe. Yeah, Trader Joe. Yeah, and that's my word for him. You can give me all this let's go Brandon stuff and all the rest of it. That's fine. I think the man is a traitor. Nobody could be this stupid. Nobody could do the things he's doing and not be doing them on purpose. His agenda is detrimental to the best interest in this country. And when a president has that agenda, in my opinion, he's nothing less than a traitor. Again, I'm very careful not to lump everybody that votes for a Democrat in one big pile. But damn it, try to understand. I'm not against Democrats. We're all Americans. But wake up, will you? Don't be woke, be wake. This is important stuff. We're talking about World War III. Look at it. Just look at what politically went on in Germany in the late 30s. And look at what's going on today. And I mean today for the last 10, 15 years, slowly walking towards where we are now. We're here. We didn't jump on this precipice in 1995 or 2005. We walked towards it. It wasn't a straight line. But we're here. The Russians are not just about to invade the Ukraine. They have partnered up and formed an alliance with China. And China is just about to take over Taiwan. Their military actions are there. Don't close your eyes. Don't bury your head in the sand. Don't shut off the lights and think the boogeyman's not there. It's there. He's there. He's in the room. And this is bad. This alliance, this is the axis of evil like we've never seen before. China, Russia, Iran, North Korea. And here's the Biden administration. It's not just Joe Biden. That's what's scary. You can't put it on one human being. This guy is the figurehead, the puppet. And there's a bunch of people pulling those strings. I want to know who those people are. And you should want to know who those people are. Because there's an agenda here. Look what's going on. He's using Nord Stream 2 
as a bargaining chip. Now, if nothing else, you want to know what's going to burn my saddle right now? That's it. I've been watching what's going on. I'm going, it's infuriating. Sometimes it's a little puzzling. But when I see it, and I say, there, people told me that Secretary of State Anthony Blinken is a good guy. Wait, Mike, he's a good guy. He knows what he's doing. Does he know what he's doing? Or is he a, a good guy and a nice guy? But, you know, they're pulling his puppet strings too. Maybe that's it. I don't want to badmouth anybody as an individual. There's no personality thing here. I don't even want to do that to Joe Biden. It's not because he's, you know, slow, feeble, sleepy Joe, this Joe, that Joe. For whatever reason, he's allowing himself to be used, if that's it, unless it's his agenda too. And don't forget what Hunter Biden did that he was complicit with. So I look at it and I go, okay, and now I look at what's going on in Nord Stream 2. Is it all Joe Biden exercising this stupidity? What's behind it? When you have the ability to stop something that is as detrimental and scary to the United States as Germany and then all of Europe, eventually, depending on their energy from Russia, that's what Nord Stream 2 is. It's not what I was hard to say, it's what Nord Stream 2 represents. No, it's what it is. Nord Stream 2 is Germany and eventually all of Europe getting their energy from Russia, dependent on Russia. We have an alliance called NATO. Once you make them dependent on Russia for their energy, their allegiance is no longer to any NATO alliance. Their allegiance is now to their master, Russia. Look, energy security is national security. We should have known that here. Who in the right mind would have stopped the Keystone Pipeline, let alone the other pipelines, let alone the gas and oil drilling on federal properties? Now, look, I don't agree with a lot of these tree-hugging kind of environmentalists that are just over the top, but they're not stupid. So if, if you have a pipeline here and you say is detrimental to whatever, the climate change, global warming, whatever, which I also don't agree with, obviously, and we could talk about that for weeks, <laughs> but it's one globe, it's one world, the earth, we're all part of a planet, planet Earth. And you say, well, you don't want a pipeline, but it's okay for Nord Stream 2, the pipeline that goes from Russia to Germany? That's okay? It's okay for whatever in the world China is building and developing? That's going to put out whatever you're concerned with that's going to be put out into the atmosphere? But okay, we're going to close down ours, even though not only... Are we going to ignore what's going on in China and in Russia? But we're going to give a green light that we already stopped. Trump stopped Nord Stream 2. And we gave it the green light for Germany to go ahead with that pipeline. And it makes no sense. The Keystone Pipeline... The Dakota Pipeline, these are important to national security. This is important to us. So Biden says to Russia and to the world, if you invade Ukraine, we're going to cut off Nord Stream 2. 
and he meets with the German chancellor, the new chancellor, and they have this discussion. And the new chancellor comes out and says, I'm going to go along with America's program. I'm going to go, I'm with Joe Biden. He didn't say he's going to cut off Nord Stream 2. He didn't say those words. And Joe Biden says, if Russia invades, we're going to cut off Nord Stream 2. So what? You're not going to cut it off. Once Nord Stream 2 gets finalized, which is just, what, months away? It's done. It's over. You can't unring that bell. Once it's done, it's done. you got to stop it now. Now, why wouldn't you want to stop it now? We don't want it to go through anyway. So we've got a really good diplomatic negotiating reason right now. Why? Because he invaded Ukraine? No, because he has 130,000 troops on the border. He's intimidating. He's scary. He's doing all these maniacal things to bring us to the edge of war. And so we have every reason to say, we're going to stop this. We gave it a green light after Trump stopped it. Trump, bad, orange man, bad. He stopped it. No, hey, Biden, Putin, we're, we're going to let it go. Okay, hey, but if you invade, we're going to stop it. No, you got to say, oh, we gave it the go-ahead, we're stopping it. No, it ain't going ahead. And then he could say, okay, I won't invade. Now, put it back on. I won't invade. It's too late, buddy. It stopped. It's done. We're dismantling it. Just like we stopped work on the border wall, just like we stopped that, and billions of dollars of material, you know, we dismantled it. The material is all right. Same thing. Humpty Dumpty fell off the wall. That's it. It's done. Scrambled eggs, pal. You can't have it. It's over. It's so simple. Just do that. And now, okay, so I'm going to invade. Well, you invade. Here's the next thing. You think that we were bluffing with Nord Stream 2 when we weren't? Now, don't think we're bluffing by telling you we're going to cut off all your banking sources. You're done. Don't do it. So that's the way to do it. It's a win-win. Right now, if he doesn't invade and you say, okay, here's Nord Stream 2, six months later, a year later, you're right back in the same boiling pot. It was just simmering and simmering, and so he brought it to the boil again. So why not? And why keep on saying this? Why use it for a bargaining chip? It's a bargaining chip when it's down. When you shut it down, it was a bargaining chip. Trump used it as a bargaining chip, and rightly so. You can always dangle a carrot in front of somebody. But it's a carrot. It was a carrot. You gave it to them. That's what they did. Trump's carrot would have been dangled. And you would have said, oh, he's a bad guy. He's never going to let them have it. No, we said he would. They behave. Are you kidding me? Trump, you really believe that he's going to put it back on? Well, you know, told Putin that Putin lives up to all these things. You know what he's going to do. He's just going to put one more thing in place. Yeah, okay, you can't invade, and now you got to do this, and now you got to comply with that, and, and now we've got to have a new nuclear agreement. You gotta, everything's going to be, okay, if you do this. Oh, oh, yeah, by the way, one more thing. That's Trump. That's right. That's negotiating. <laughs> yeah, you know, we're not talking, playing a Monopoly game here. We're not, this is the real world.
And this is how the real world works. That was Donald Trump, real world president, real world negotiating, real world statesman. And Biden, I look at it and I go, I can't be doing this by accident. Who are they trying to fool with this? The American people. Nobody else. Do you think that anybody else in the world has the wool pulled over their eyes? No. It's us. It's the American people who are going, hey, wait a minute. Biden's getting tough on Russia here. You hear him? We hear what he said? He's going to cancel Nord Stream if Russia invades. No, he's not. Once Russia invades, they've invaded. Now you've done the damage. And what if Russia pulls off this false flag operation? You know what that is. False flag. It means that they're going to create a movie that shows that Ukraine went and fired the first shot and killed a, a Russian troop or a couple of them or a few of them or did something proactive. And there's going to be some bodies. You don't think that's going to happen? That could happen? That's real world, buddy. Putin is real world. He ain't playing games. If he has to see a few of his troops die, you know, listen, you're going to go up that hill. We can't, boss. We can't. It's impossible. You're going to, up the hill, pal. That's it. You wearing the uniform? Up the hill. That's it. That's what happens. And so there's, there's real world. You're looking at it. You're looking at a history book being written right Right there, right in front of our eyes. So I'm shocked because when I look at it, they've got to know what they're doing. They've got to be, and I hate to use the word complicit with Russia in invading Ukraine, but what they're doing is just, it's impotent. There's nothing here. You know, that tiger has no teeth. There is nothing that's going on right now that's going to effectively stop Russia. Nothing, unless Russia doesn't want to go into the Ukraine. We don't have any way of negotiating. And if we say we're not going to stop Nord Stream 2 if he doesn't invade, he'll just postpone it if he thinks that's the wise thing to do. If he really thinks that Biden and the Democrat leadership, the people who are running the country, the squad, Bernie Sanders, if he really thinks, you know what, if I invade, they're going to shut down Nord Stream 2. Let's get that puppy up and running, man. <laughs> Let's wait a few months. Let's wait a year. Let's do what we got to do. We'll get it done. There it is. This gives us the perfect opportunity. We were looking for a reason to be able to reasonably stop Nord Stream 2. Now, let's see what the Germans do. What are the Germans up to? Are the Germans really our allies? Or do they think that their fortunes are better off with the Russians? You know, maybe it's Germans going to say, hey, you know what? <laughs> the rest of Europe, they're on their own. I mean, Macron, he went to Moscow. He's taking this whole thing in his own hands. Because maybe he's looking at Germany saying, hey, they're not doing anything for me. I can't depend on NATO. I certainly can't depend on Biden. America's not going to get into this war. They have no interest in sending troops 
Why would they do that? The American people, they would be up in arms. Pardon the uh, connection there. But the American people would be up in arms. What's our interest in fighting a war in the Ukraine? Our interest is stopping any war from starting in the Ukraine, from using every arrow in our quiver. And the first arrow is Nord Stream 2, but we're not using it. We're just saying, hey, see this arrow? We're going to use it if you invade. Too late. We invaded. Oh, we had to invade. We needed the warm water pool. We needed the food. Ukraine is part of Russia anyway. Half the people speak Russian. You're going to hear every reasonable statesman's like reason from Putin. Or he'll just say, eh, what were you going to do to stop it? I wanted to do it and I did it. Goodbye. Now what are you going to do? You're going to stop Nord Stream 2? Germany's not going to let you do that. He's like, he never made that commitment when he met with you in the White House. No. He said he'd listen to everything Biden said. But, you know, <laughs> I'd do anything for love, but not that. Remember Meatloaf? Yeah. That was a prophecy. I'll do anything for love, but I won't do that. So there's Germany. Oh, yeah, we'll do anything. Whatever Biden wants. Oh, no, not that. <laughs> we need the energy. Yeah. So I got to tell you, we see what's going on. We look where we are. By the way, we talk about Russia going into the Ukraine. We talk about Russia and China now agreeing that China is backing Russia policy in the Ukraine and Russia is backing the China One policy with Taiwan. Taiwan's part of China. Forget about Hong Kong. That's already part. Hong Kong, it's over, okay? When they take over, actually take over Taiwan, the things that they're doing in Hong Kong, it won't show up on your screen. You won't see it. It'll just be done. Hong Kong is already China. So we're going to be watching what's going on in Taiwan. You know what else is going on? How about North Korea? North Korea is part of that axis. North Korea is right there. What does that say about the one Korea policy? Yep, the Korean War is not over. We have an armistice, a ceasefire. That's all it is. They're still fighting that war. And once China takes over Taiwan, once Russia's in Ukraine and starts to rebuild the Soviet Union, and forget about whether it's good, bad, or indifferent for Russia. Maybe they'll go broke again. Maybe they'll overextend. Maybe the people in the Ukraine will cause so much damage. Maybe, maybe, maybe. But if that happens, the if come maybe has got to include Russia takes the Ukraine, China takes Taiwan, and North Korea, with China and Russia behind her, take over South Korea. Done. Now, where are our trading partners? Who do we trade with? Those are our biggest trading partners. South Korea? Japan. What happens to Japan? China. That's our biggest trading partner. Oh, maybe, oh, you want to argue about Mexico and Canada. You know, all these places. But China? Nike, the NFL? How much of what's sold here is made there? Made in China. Or some hegemon of China. So we're watching it. We're seeing it. In real time, right now, how in the world can we be sitting back 
watching Biden negotiate by saying, I'm going to stop Nord Stream 2. Stop Nord Stream 2. You can't just sit back. Where's the Republicans? I know elections have consequences. I get it. And I know that we're probably going to take back Congress next November. But by that time, what's left? Biden's talking about raising capital gains to what, 46%? 46%. Oh, how does that affect you? You sell your house and you make that profit that you're looking at right now. Yeah, that house you bought for 350 grand, you're going to sell for five? Well, you're going to have to give 46% of that 150,000 profit to Joe Biden. That's it. Now, hopefully, that never gets passed. And hopefully, if it does, a Republican Congress can roll it back. All these things are going on. But at the same time, you're watching this man tell the world, if you invade, we're going to cut off the pipeline. What? How can you watch it and not question? Why do you see his people on all the news media say, yeah, we're tough? Did you hear what he said? No, watch what he does. They did the same thing when Trump was negotiating with Putin. Oh, he's Putin's guy. How is he Putin's guy? Everything he did hurt Russia. And he stopped the pipeline. That's the biggest bargaining chip on the table. It was and it is. You got to watch what people do. Not what they say because they're lying. They're just lying. You want to see if they're lying, just watch their lips move. Now let's talk about pop culture. I remember Jules Verne, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Submarines, talking about submarines in the 1800s. Whoever dreamed of it. But then you talk about George Orwell, 1984. Anne Rind, Atlas Shrugged. You read these things, they're so prophetic. And I don't know where they come from. Now, you look at what's going on in today's world. Well, we don't read as much, and we should. God knows everybody's publishing books every week. <laughs> they're all bestsellers, and they're all good. I've read Mark Levin's books. Uh, you know, there's a few of them out there that are really good. Some of them are pretty insightful. But in today's world, a lot of the stuff that's prophetic is part of pop culture, and you see it in the movies. Go to the movies. And again, not everything that I agree with, but take a look at a movie I just saw for the second time because I saw it when it first came out, I don't know how many years ago. And Matt Damon is kind of a lefty that I've, I really don't like and don't agree with. He comes out with this born identity, and it just makes the CIA, our American government, look horrible. And I go, oh, man, everything he does just denigrates it. So I watched The Born Supremacy the other night. And I'm watching, I go, wait a minute. No, he's right. This is what's going on. He was actually prophesizing. Whoever wrote the movie, whoever put it together. And I'm like, maybe I ought to watch some of this stuff. And maybe a more of an open mind, trying to see, just because it's a lefty that's saying it, doesn't make it wrong. We got to watch this. Did they even understand? The CIA and the FBI are just two arms of the same corporation. 
One's the national part of it, and one's the international part of it. These are America's spy agencies. Oh, you want to say the FBI investigates? I don't know, man. Can you really call the 2016 election an investigation, the FISA court? Remember all that? What's going on with that? They keep on keeping on. Nobody's correcting anything. Yeah, Afghanistan. Did anybody get punished? They let that water just go under the bridge. Nobody in this current administration is addressing what happened in Afghanistan. You're hearing about it, reading about it, and things are happening, and they're dreading losing Congress in November. Why? Because they know what's going to happen. So they're going to be doing everything they can to avoid losing the House and Senate. They're desperate. And part of that desperation is, is with the FBI. Who from the FBI ever got punished for what they did? What they did is obvious. Look, I know my Democrat friends will argue that till the cows come home. I, you know what? I'm not ignoring you. I'm, I'm listening. And I'm saying to myself, are you kidding? Really? Really? It's as, as factual as Watergate. It's right there. The facts are on the table. And you watch this prosecutor and see what he's doing. He's indicting people day after day. More things are being uncovered. But the FBI knew all this stuff. The FBI has allowed all this to go on. And I look at that. Where's Matt Damon playing the role of some FBI agent that goes rogue? I want to see that movie. Come on, Matt. <laughs> yeah. Let's go left wing, man. Be true to who you are. Truth to power. Because... We're looking at what power is, and we need some truth to power right now, more than ever. Bring it on. Well, when we talk about predicting things, go back to Nostradamus. Go back to the Bible. Some of the things in the Bible that are predictive of what's going to happen in 100 years, 1,000 years, 2,000 years. Nostradamus, how many years was, were those predictions made? And what are they based on? How do people know it? They have those minds. Different people have different minds that are able to put things together and they're able to prophesize based on what their, the current situation is in history. You put that together and you see what's going on and you're able to do that. So today, we're not talking about thousands of years or hundreds of years. We're talking about a, a generation. That's nothing. That's a microsecond in real time from George Orwell to today. And how do you stop this? I watched what I thought was a fabulous interview on Epoch Times with Cash's Corner. If you ever want to watch, Cash Patel has uh, his Cash's Corner on Epoch Times. I don't know how often he does it, but however often it is, if you get a chance, check it out. But this week, Tuesday, he interviewed President Trump. Now, I got to tell you. I, you know, I was going to do the podcast before I left. I'm on vacation. Yeah, I'm, I'm away. I'm enjoying the week. It's my birthday week. Leave me alone. <laughs> so I, I put it off because I wanted to hear that interview. And then, of course, one thing led to another. And now I'm doing a day late and a dollar short. But here I am. So I watched it. Check it out. I thought it was, oh, you know, I've seen a lot of interviews with President Trump. I think Mark Levin did one. Hannity did about seven of them. But Cash Patel did such a great job. And he seemed to have one thing in mind. Now, you know, Cash worked for Trump. 
He was the chief of staff to the Department of Defense. The man's got some tremendous background. And, you know, you talk about the CIA, and he was part of all that. CIA and the FBI have a lot of great people. Don't get me wrong. I don't think this whole network of FBI agents and CIA agents are just sitting back, twiddling their thumbs, and watching the bosses and the people that run the show do what they do. During the whole thing with Jason Bourne, you got to see that the guys at the top, they knew what was going on. They were complicit with Congress and this and that. But there were a lot of agents that were sitting there scratching their heads. They didn't know they were being used, and a lot of them put their lives on the line. A lot. I think there's a heck of a lot more that get in there for all the right reasons and are trained and equipped to do the job and want to do the job the way it's supposed to be done, the right way. Truth, justice, and the American way. But, you know, leadership, that's where it's going. And so you can have an army of lions, but if they're led by a sheep, Alexander the Great's going to get you. <laughs> so that was his mantra. He said, hey, I'd rather fight an army of sheep led by a lion than an army of lions led by a sheep. So I think we got some real lions in the FBI and in the CIA. I don't want to denigrate the entire agencies, but the leadership. We have some issues out there. So what's going on? When are we going to see some of this stuff pop up? But if you want to see a great interview of Trump, there's Cash Patel talking to his old boss and saying, you know, not are you going to run, are you not going to run, nothing about politics. It was all about the American people want to know what we could do now. And there's Trump. And I love Trump. But there's Trump saying all the things he did that Biden isn't doing and that Biden's undoing. And there's Cash trying to bring him right back on track and say, but what, what can we do right now? And Trump is doing a damn good job, by the way. It wasn't upsetting for me to listen to the things that he did and where the problems are and what the issues are whether it's being on the edge of World War III, his big concern of how bad things are, what's going on with China, and what Biden should have done and didn't do. And there's cash. Boss, what can we do now? The American people want to know. And Trump didn't have a really good answer, except we've got to go in. We have an election coming up. And, you know, I've been saying that. Everybody's been saying that. We got to take back the House. We got to take back the Senate. Take back Congress. And then he didn't say the words. We've got to hold the people accountable who caused us to be in the situation we're in today. I mean, talk about the COVID thing, the mask thing, how detrimental it is to the future of our children, how all these things. And I got to tell you, the answer, that's part of it because we have to do that. I don't want to think about what would happen if we didn't. But look north. You've got to look at that north star, right? That's where your compass heads. Look at the north star. In this case, it's Canada. The people are rising. People are tired of it. And the final straw for the freedom-loving people of North America were the mandates. The mandates. That was the final straw. And now... With all this that's going on with the mandates, 
they're starting to see right through to the emperor that has no clothes. Yeah, naked Joe. <laughs> naked Joe, the emperor with no clothes, is just out there just lying, saying what he has to say. And all these other mask mandates, oh, now there's no mandates and there's mandates. Fauci's disappeared. They're not listening to him anymore. He doesn't have the power. He's been found out. And so people are just, and I've said this before, when the people lead, the leaders will follow. And that's what's happening. And that's it. You know, way in advance, we're here now. Now is the time to step up. Are we going to be able to change Biden's ability to stop Nord Stream 2 now? Are we going to be able to do that? I don't know. It's a long shot, right? But you don't know. When the people step up, when the people get loud, when the trucks block the streets, I don't want to see traffic. I don't want to see commerce stuff. I don't want all the things that shut down, you know, that were shut down because of a pandemic. I don't want to see them shut down because of a convoy that's clogging up the streets either. But the cure for the pandemic, when we saw it, you know, flatten the curve, two weeks to flatten the curve, two months to flatten the curve. Oh, shut down this. Oh, don't go in the store. Six feet apart. Mass, which are now, it's been acknowledged. They're useless. They're just useless. And they're, they're not only useless, but by all accounts, they're probably unnecessary as well. So we're, we're seeing all that. And the, the cure was worse than the pandemic. Okay. So is this cure? of the people uprising, the truckers. They're in Canada now. They're making a lot of noise. They're doing what they got to do. God bless every one of them. You got to love it if you love freedom. And now we're talking about American truckers going from California to Washington. This is important. Do we want it? No, I don't want to see Russia invade the Ukraine either. We don't want to see that. But that's our bargaining chip. Our bargaining chip is what's going on in Canada right now coming to America. A bargaining chip is that if you think this is bad, wait till we figure out what to do next. Because if you're not going to listen to the trucks, if you're not going to listen to them beeping their horns all night, if you're not going to listen to what they're doing, and then the trucks that go across the country, and by the way, when they're going across the country, when they're clogging up these capitals, who's carrying the freight? Who's taking the freight from the ports to the stores? Talk about a supply chain? And Joe Biden could point fingers all he wants. But the trucks didn't wait. They didn't say, if you don't take away the mask mandates, we're, we're going to have convoys that are going into the capital of Canada. And then we're going to go have come. No, they didn't wait. They went. And now little by little, you're starting to see the mask mandates go away. Not all of them. A lot of these blue states are just, I, I don't understand what their thinking is. I don't understand how they could continue to want to keep, keep places shut down, keep people losing their jobs, keep kids in masks. Kids need to learn. They need to interact with each other. Facial expressions are important. Body language, it's all part of it. You're taking that away. You can't do that. It's Black History Month, and I've got quite a few black friends. Always have. 
grew up in Brooklyn, New York, and so many of my friends are black and continually through life. I don't differentiate black, white. I don't care. I don't think most of my black friends care that I'm white. <laughs> I don't think they ever did. You talk about Joe Rogan saying, oh, he, sorry you ever used the N-word and all that. Okay, it's a, it's a terrible thing to say. But why is it okay for my black friends? And by the way, I'm 15 years old, 14, 15, in Brighton Beach, Coney Island, sitting around my friends, five, six guys talking. I'm the only white guy, but, you know, kind of dark. And we're friends. I, they take me for granted. We're hanging around. And every other word out of their mouth. And the conversation is all about who's a light-skinned, whatever. Ah, they're not good enough, man. They ain't black enough. They ain't this and that. They ain't the N-word, 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 N-word. And so, what a, oh, Mike. Oh, man. Hey, listen, you could say that anytime you want. I never gave them the satisfaction. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. I didn't like it then and continually till whenever, when they outlawed it from our lexicon and nobody could use it. I've used it once in a while in describing a situation, but I, I went on a tangent, which I tend to do because I was talking about my black friends and why they're just as invested in everything we are in this country today. And they look at this and they're talking about black history and this and that. We're all going to be history pretty soon if we don't get this straightened out, all of us. Forget about this thing. Oh, it's so terrible because I was the coach of the Miami Dolphins and I interviewed for this job. They didn't hire me? That's racism. What? I'm tired of hearing it. Every card can't be a race card. Every complaint, everything in, that happens to your life that you don't like. And I've said this before, I'll say it a million times again. For every time somebody who was black was persecuted or whatever, there were 10 people who were Jews who had the same problems, same issues whether it was in school, on the job, trying to join the union, like my dad, okay? And you, you step up. That's all I could say. Life ain't fair. Get over it. And we have bigger fish to fry. We have bigger problems that are standing there right in front of us. We are on the precipice of World War III. And we're looking at our leadership. We all need to find truth to power. We need to understand, are they just making a mistake? Is their negotiating posture the right way? Come on, do you think it's the right way? Do you think this is the way? This is Neville Chamberlain, when we need a Winston Churchill. We don't need Neville Chamberlain. And if you don't know history, like they say, you're doomed to repeat it. Neville Chamberlain was the prime minister of Britain in the 30s, and he went to meet with Adolf Hitler, the leader of Germany. And Hitler assured him he wasn't going to do it. He wasn't going to evade Poland. He had no interest in doing that. Neville Chamberlain went back. Did he do things to prepare for war? No. And there's Winston Churchill in Parliament saying, we've got to be prepared. Look at what he's doing in Germany. Look at what he's doing to the Jews. Look at what he's preparing for. 
And there's the people in, in, in Great Britain going, hey, back off, man. Neville Chamberlain said it's okay, it's okay. That's what's going on right here, right now. Watch history so we aren't doomed to repeat it. It's not too late now. Rise above. Look north. Look at what the truckers are doing. Make noise. Make enough noise. And maybe not just the Republicans in Congress. Maybe there are people in Congress, maybe there are Democrats too, who would join in the effort to say, we're not doing enough. We're not being tough enough. We have to rebuild the military. Not by going in there and, and saying, we don't want to see any nationalism. What could be more nationalistic than joining the military? And if you're white, does that make you a white nationalist? This is ridiculous. Stop it. Let's build a fighting force second to none. A fighting force that our allies will follow. A fighting force that will make Germany say, hey, we're in lockstep with America, not Russia. Okay, we're going to stop that pipeline. They may negotiate to get oil from us. That may make sense to restart Keystone Pipeline, Dakota Pipeline. It may make sense to start back up on those oil and gas leases. It may make sense to get back to oil independency so we have an excess of oil that we can export to Germany. We can promise them, not empty promises, but real. It may make sense to do that. And maybe there's enough Democrats that want to come along. Make noise. I don't think every trucker that's going through Canada is part of the Conservative Party or whatever their Republican Party is. I don't think they're all Republicans. I don't think they're all Democrats. I think a lot of them are Democrats. Maybe most of them are Republicans. I don't know. I don't care. They're Canadians. We're Americans. We want freedom. We don't want mandates and we don't want war. The only way that you're going to stop war is intimidating your enemies and stopping them from initiating war. Are you going to stop China? I don't know. Maybe China will continue probing Taiwan, but maybe they're not going to say to North Korea, hey, you got the green light. We got your back. We're going in there. We'll help you out. Look, in Vietnam, I could tell you right now, by the way, <laughs> there was a North and South Vietnam. And, and in an operation in Benoit, where there was an orphanage that the North Vietnamese turned into an ammunition cache and a hospital, okay? And they still had the nuns. And we were asked to bring in an airstrike. When that operation was done, we uncovered over $40,000 in Chinese payroll. And some of the bodies were clearly Chinese. That word never got out. But that was a fact. Do not think the Chinese weren't behind North Vietnam. And look what they did with the South. So don't think that the same thing can't happen in Korea. It can. And if President Xi doesn't have any respect, and I don't want to use the word fear, intimidation. Nobody wants to go against a Donald Trump in these kind of situations. But here's Biden. And maybe they're thinking Trump is coming back. They don't look at that next election as just a resurgence of the Republican Party. You got to remember the Republican Party's, the titular head is Donald Trump. Donald Trump is the North Star of the Republican Party. And so 
Watch that interview. Watch Cash's Corner on Epoch Times, okay? Watch that interview and tell me you don't see a presidential Donald Trump. Compare him in that interview or compare him anywhere to Joe Biden. Compare it and look at it in that context and think about it. Think about what Putin and Xi are thinking about because November is going to be too late for them. So we got to make enough noise now so we don't have to wait till November. We need to wake up more of those leaders of the Democrat Party, those members of Congress in, in the Senate. Wake them up and shake them up. Let's make noise. Thank the truckers every day. I don't want to thank them for clogging our streets and, and really messing up commerce. This hurts. But it's going to be a lot worse if we get into a World War III. I'm not talking about us getting into it and sending over fighting forces. I'm talking about Europe. When all that stuff is going on, when the Russians are in the Ukraine, oh yeah, Miley says the Russians you know, can take over Kiev in 72 hours. What if they can't? What if it's 72 days? We don't know what it's going to look like. What about the turmoil in all of Europe? That's why Macron went to Moscow. Think about it. And then think about doing what you can, whether it's writing letters, emails, making phone calls, getting together. Make some noise. Make some noise and support those truckers. I'm New York Mike. This is Roll Right Radio. Let's hope we're not rolling right into a war. I'm rolling to Daytona in about three weeks. So hope I see you guys there. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being there. I'm out. Thanks for listening to the Roll Right Radio podcast. Listen, follow, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.